Welcome to the Love Revival Aurora podcast. On behalf of Love Revival, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy this week's powerful message from Pastor Brandon. Have a blessed and beautiful day. We give you all the glory, all the praise. You reign. You reign in this place. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? Jesus Christ. We're excited to have my buddy Bobby with us back there. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Yeah, what she said. I need interpretation for that. Um, Hey, Alex. You thought you could get away. You want to share your testimony real quick? Go, go for it. Go, go ahead. I'll have Willie share his. <laughs> Willie, come share your testimony of what God just did today. Um, for you guys don't, that don't know, we, uh, we've been staying at the hotel room, uh, my place hotel right down the road on Randall. And uh, we, uh, they called us this morning and said that we done thought we paid the room rent all the way up till tomorrow. And apparently we had like back fines or something, and they told us where um, we can't pay. We're, we've been a resident for over 30 days. We can't pay daily anymore. We got to pay by the week, and it's like 850 to 890 dollars a week. It varies. And uh, they said that they're gonna kick us out if we don't come up with the 900 dollars that we need. Well, my we prayed. We called Pastor Brandon. Pastor Brandon prayed for us. And my dad called a family friend that he ain't talked to in a long time. You maybe talked to him once or twice in like the last six years maybe. And God touched his heart and he blessed us with the $900 we needed to pay for room rent. So all glory to God and hallelujah. Yeah, so I got a call and I, I, didn't, have his, I didn't have his dad's number save Willie. And, uh, and normally I don't answer phone calls from numbers I don't know. Even the 630, because now they've gotten creative, haven't they, the telemarketers? But it's right before service. I'm thinking maybe it's somebody trying to get directions to the church or something. So I answered it. It was like at like 1220. This was like an hour and a half ago. And it was Willie saying that they couldn't come up with the, the money and they were going to be out and whatever. And uh, I was like, man, he was calling me to say he wasn't able to make it to church. I'm like, well, uh, I'm more worried about you being able to, uh, to, get, to get everything straight. So I prayed with him and we prayed with faith. And I said, I'm excited because I'm going to hear the testimony of what God's going to do. And then they came <laughs> and he came to drop off Willie and 
you know, he had to go take care of business, but he's like, the money came, and I'm just like, wow. Like, God is so, yeah, he's quick. That was like 30 minutes. 30 minutes, and I felt so bad. I was like, man, I wish I had the money to, and I, I just, but God, but God. That's why I had that shirt, but God, amen. So Alex, Wednesday after service, come on up here, Alex. We prayed for him. He gave his life to Christ, and then he got filled with the Holy Ghost. So what happened, what do you experience on Wednesday, and what are you experiencing now? All right, so first I just want to apologize. I'm not a great speaker. Um, so I ask the Lord to fill me with his fearlessness. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Wednesday night, uh, Brandon and Matt, uh, they, they extended an invitation to me. Um, they led me through the prayer of salvation. And for the first time, I truly invited Christ into my heart. And initially, uh, they prayed for me, and I was filled with, just an overwhelming feeling. It was very physical, um, but not only that, but I just felt at peace and just, I really didn't have any thoughts. Um, I just felt complete and loved. And the, the feeling uh, started to go away, um, but it lasted in my hands, my fingers, for hours actually. And um, ever since then, uh, I just doing what I can to help others and serve and show his goodness. Not to make it about me, but just to show people the light and that they are loved and accept everyone around me. And uh, I, I can see the change uh, extending to people in my life, you know. Just they, they see my new way of life, how I act, and uh, they're doing things for others now that they never would have done, friends that I have that aren't believers. You know, and I just let them know the, the, the door's always open. Um, two weeks ago, I wasn't very comfortable doing this, and uh, that now I'm glad to be here. I truly hunger and thirst to come here. What did my mom say? She, she asked, where is Alex? <laughs> she came downstairs Thursday morning, and the house was clean, and... I was happy. Usually I, uh, I need my coffee, and I'm not really saying anything until I'm off to work, but I was just joyful. and <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Glory. This is just the beginning. Don't allow the Christians who are bitter and haven't grown in their purpose to ever tell you that that fire is going to dim, that you are just got the new believer's feeling and the new believer's fire. That fire is going to continue to increase. So, you always got the religious, but you just keep pursuing after him. Amen? The Bible says, to his government and his kingdom, there is no end. Hallelujah. That means it's always increasing. Amen? Amen. 
Glory. It's my amazing wife's birthday today. <laughs> Amen. What better birthday to be in the presence of the Lord with your church family and worshiping our King. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. <laughs> All right, let's pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for your presence in this place. I thank you for how good you are. I thank you that you give me the tongue of the wise to speak words to the weary. And you've given them ears of the wise to you with intention and purpose. I thank you, Lord, that you've given me a message straight from you, straight from your heart, for your people. I pray that it breaks chains, brings freedom, establishes identity, and imparts vision. I pray that it awakens purpose, that even as I speak the words you've given me, that it brings transformation to the hearts and minds of everybody watching and listening and who will watch and listen in the future. I thank you, Lord, because you are a king. You have called us into a kingdom for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory, glory, glory. So the Lord had me uh, start a new series today. We were in the series called Royal Family, and we learned about how we were not just saved from sin, amen, we were saved into family. A lot of people, they give their life to Christ, and they say the prayer of salvation, and then they're left to fend on their own in their new Christian life. And that's not how God designed it. Just like he never designed a baby to come into the world with only one parent, he designed it to come into the world through a covenant relationship called marriage, to raise that child as father and mother, in the ways of the Lord and the kingdom of God. Obviously, because of our own, as humanity, our own sin, our own lust, our own desires, and our own way of thinking, it has perverted the ways of marriage and family. And the church has also done that. When we bring people into salvation and they become born again, they're supposed to be born into a family. It's called the church. Yeah. And we do a really big disservice. And excuse my French, but this is biblical. We leave people who are new believers as bastards without fathers or without mothers to grow in their own Christian life without any 
body to raise them, to disciple them, so that they can become the men and women of God that they're called to be. But that's not what God designed. And we live according to what God designed and his kingdom, not the design that's the average thing in the world today. So today we're going to talk about our king and his kingdom. Today we're going to talk about the royal aspect of the royal family that we were talking about. Who here or online enjoys watching movies about kingdoms and royalties like Thor, like Black Panther, like, like the different movies, uh, like Lord of the Rings, like a lot of the Disney movies? Who likes those type of things? Amen. You know why? Because God designed you as royalty. You were created by a king. Not just any king, but the king of kings. The Lord of lords. The king of the universe. The king of life itself. The king of everything that is, that was, and that ever shall be. He's the one that formed you and fashioned you, and he fashioned you into his likeness. So inside of you is this desire and this, this inner knowing, even if you don't know it, where it comes from, for royalty, for great exploits, for changing the world, for doing good. All of those are attributes that God put in you when he created you. That's why we like the Avengers. That's why we like those different movies. Because he designed us for royalty. Go ahead and go to Matthew 9:35. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. As you're going there, I know I'm going to butcher this story, especially because my grandma's in the front row. She's going to correct me. I'm sure she is. Just correct me after. So our family line, we came from royalty. How many generations back? Five, six, something like that? We'll just say five. Your grandfather. That's five for me. No, that's, yeah, that's five. So, my grandma's grandfather was royalty in England. And I just found this out the last couple years when talking to, uh, they were the Duke and the Duchess, right? Something like that, or in that line? Something like that. And something happened where I, it's kind of, we don't, I don't know the exact facts, but they ended up moving and, did they get excommunicated? Yeah. So he became a Christian and he didn't want to bow down to the king anymore and follow the, or the queen. So that's when he left the royal family and gave up royalty 
for another royalty. And uh, so my family actually comes from royalty, did not know. Um, but that also shows me, too, where I get my, the character of sacrifice and being, what, what, being ready to put whatever it is on the altar, even if it will cost me my former identity, even if it will cost me wealth and riches and a comfortable lifestyle. So Matthew 9, 35, New King James Version, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. He was preaching the gospel of the what? The kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. Earlier in Matthew, it says that John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus, and he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom. You are born into a kingdom. If you are a Christian, you are a citizen of a kingdom, of the kingdom of God. It goes beyond four walls. It goes beyond Sunday church services. You are part of a kingdom. You have royal blood. That's why you were born again. What were you born again? You were born out of this world and into the kingdom of heaven. That's why the Bible says we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Because we were born again. You were born again. Now you are a citizen of a kingdom. Why is that so important because you will never walk in your authority your power your identity and your purpose if you never know that you are royalty and that you live in a kingdom yeah. actually churches are really like embassies of the kingdom I didn't study out what an embassy is, but my idea of it is, is it's, it's a place that is in another country, but it represents the country it came from. And it operates according to their laws and their customs. So our job as royal citizens are to walk in line with the king and his kingdom. And to establish his kingdom everywhere we go. Now, unlike the movies you see, our king is perfect. Our king is perfect in love, perfect in patience, perfect in mercy. He is perfect, and his kingdom is built on righteousness, truth, justice, and love. Not on lies and corruption and manipulation. It's built on freedom. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. 
in the Amplified, it says, For he has rescued us and has drawn him to himself, that's Jesus, from the dominion of darkness, and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice, resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. So it's through Jesus that we transferred kingdoms. Before, we were automatically a part of Satan's kingdom. We were a part of the kingdom of darkness because of the sin that Adam and Eve did. By default, because we were in that same line, he gave up the lineage of Adam, he gave it up to Satan, and he became part of the kingdom of darkness. And because we were born in that line, we were automatically slaves to sin and part of Satan's kingdom. And Jesus came to die, not just to get us to heaven when we die, but to bring heaven into us when we become born again. And he saved us and he brought us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The kingdom where Satan just ruled you, gave you depression, sickness, disease, everything else that comes with the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus saved you into the kingdom of light. That's why it says he preached the gospel of, king, of the kingdom and healed every sickness and every disease among the people. Why? Because sickness and disease is part of the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of heaven. God's not trying to keep you sick to try to teach you a lesson. In his kingdom, he teaches you by his word and by the Holy Ghost, who is your teacher, not by sickness. I know I'm killing a sacred cow here. <laughs> he doesn't need sickness to teach you. He uses love. He uses his word as correction. He uses your brothers and sisters in Christ. He uses your, your, your pastors and your leaders to raise you up and to equip you for the work that God has called you to do. God's kingdom is not a democracy. It's not a republic. <laughs> See, it's hard for us to understand kingdom. Because we live in a democracy. We live in a republic. We live in a nation where you can vote people in and out, and if you don't like it, you can get upset and do whatever. But in the kingdom of God, you can't vote him in and out. He is, he was, and he always will be. You come against him, you get moved out. Ask Satan. Satan thought he would be a better leader. Lucifer. Thank you, Grandma. He was God's right hand. <laughs> now he's under God's right foot. <laughs> Amen. We're part of his body. So God's kingdom works differently. 
And here's another issue. Democracy, the American democracy and government has infiltrated the church. And what was supposed to be a kingdom now operates like a democracy in a business. Where they vote pastors in and out. By hire them. <laughs> Kingdoms do not operate like that. How do you become part of, a royal, part of royalty? How do you become an heir to a throne in a kingdom? You're born into the family. Or you're married into the family. We were both. We were born again into the family and we were married. We are the bride of Christ. <laughs> but it's their job when they have a, when someone is an heir to the throne, it's their job from that baby's birth to raise that child its whole life. In royalty, in the kingdom, teaching them the ways, the decrees of the king, the ways of the kingdom, how to lead, how to do things as a king, even before the child reaches the throne. <laughs> you see, the Bible says God predestined you before the foundations of the world. He already had a destiny with your name on it. He already had an assignment. Before you were born into the kingdom, he already had a, something that he was calling. He, was, he, he already had something that he created you to do. And when you get born again and you get under in the church family and they function like the kingdom. I got to put that disclaimer in there. They will start to see your destiny and your calling and they will start to equip you and raise you up to the fulfill the purpose and the plan that God has put in your life from the foundations of the world. They're not trying to get you to fit the mold of their what they have in their agenda. They are wanting to fit you the mold of God's agenda for your life before anything was ever created. See, if you just got someone you hire in from the outside to pastor or to lead, guess what happens? Jesus said, hirelings, when the wolves come, they run. They leave the sheep there and the wolves just... But he said, a shepherd will lay his life down for the sheep. A father will lay his life down for his children. We need less cool uncles and we need fathers in the church. Come on. The cool uncles are cool, right? But we need fathers who have a backbone, who have a prophetic voice, who have apostolic eyes, who can see your destiny and can prune off the fat and prune off the things that are not of the kingdom of God and prune off the things that are not like Jesus. And not be scared to get in your business. Because once you get saved, there is none of your business anymore. 
It's all about the Father's business. I'm sorry I'm getting in your business. Not sorry. Uh, what do they say? Sorry, not sorry? See, the kingdom has order and functions with divine election. God, are, God does the election process. If you look all throughout the Bible, he would tell a prophet, go get David. Go anoint Samuel, or go anoint Saul. Go anoint this person. See, God operates completely different. God operates by choosing you, anointing you, and appointing you. He chooses you way before the foundations of the world. Without your permission. But here's the awesome thing about God. The thing he created you to do, he designed for you is tailor-made for everything that is about you. For every personality trait, for every, every uh, the way you think, the way you function, the way that you, the, the, everything, the, 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 the time you were born in, the area you were born in. Everything. It's perfectly tailor-made for you. I remember when, uh, I'm not going to say their names, but a certain couple in our church blessed me with a suit, and they said, Pastor, it's paid for. And I went there, and they tailored it. You see, me, I had never had a tailor suit before. All the ones I got were from Goodwill or from, that was back when I used to wear suit and ties every service. And it was, they tailored it to fit perfectly. You look good. <laughs> I looked good, she said. And it fit perfectly. See, they had many suits, but none of them were tailored to my personal physique but this one was still is well I don't know about now my stuff's starting to shrink <laughs> so it was fit perfectly I could raise my hand I could do whatever in that suit See, that's how your purpose is, your destiny. The, the assignment that God has for you, it's not just like he just gave you something off the rack. He tailor-made it before he even formed you out of the dust. He tailor-made it. So you don't have to worry about, am I going to like it? No, 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 no. You might not be comfortable about it at first. But once you step into it, you're going to feel different. You're going to have authority. You're going to have anointing. You're going to have power. You're going to have favor in that area. Because when God anoints you and God appoints you and God chooses you, nobody can remove you. 
That's why you got to be careful and don't just choose for yourself or let someone else choose for you. you got to come under his already predestined plan for your life. And it's already tailor-made for you to thrive, for you to destroy the works of the darkness, for you to establish the kingdom of God, and for you to change the world. I didn't choose it. You didn't choose it. Your mama didn't choose it. God chose it. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He predestined you, did you know, to be part of the most powerful species and family that will ever touch the face of this earth. Even the Even the angels are wowed at how our relationship with God is. It says that how we walk with God reveals the manifold wisdom of God to the principalities and powers or the angels. They look at us and they learn about God. The world is looking at us. What are they learning about God? I'll leave that there. God created you to shape history, to be a catalyst of revival, to bring awakening, and to bring reformation. Not to just come to service every week. Not to come to church, but to become the church. Let's go to Psalms 139, 14 through 18. Dang, I never get very far in my messages. You guys got to pray for me. Take it up with him. He chose me. I didn't. He does the choosing. I'm going to read out the Passion Translation. I thank God for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place carefully and skillfully shaping me from nothing into something. When everyone thinks you're nothing, he already has a something for you. Where do you find it? In the secret place. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. God has a book with your name on it. (laughs) He didn't just say, oh, there's Willie. I'm a little off today. There goes Fred. He didn't do things willy-nilly.
No, he got together with the Son and the Holy Spirit, and they had a meeting. He said, what are we going to write in the book of Bobby? What are we going to write in the book of Philip? What are we going to write in the book of Linda? What are we going to write about them? This is before anything was created. And he's, they're sitting here thinking about you in intimate detail and everything that you will do, even though it's just a little strand in the fabric of history. That strand will make the difference. And they're thinking of every detail. Every detail. Everything that you were, that, that they could imagine. All the, uh, the great imagination of God. And they're sitting there brainstorming. What are we going to do? What are we going to write? And they start writing. They're like, yeah, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's going to be glorious. Yeah, this is going to change the world. Yeah. But because God's kingdom has a free will, many people die with their book never opened, with their purpose never discovered, with their destiny Never stepped in, never walked in. Their assignment done, un it's undone. God had to look for someone else. But I know nobody in here is going to leave their book closed. Once you encounter God, In that secret place, he starts to reveal the things. Oh, that takes me. Oh, I didn't even finish reading it today. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Wow. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Let's go to Romans 8, 27. Through 30. Paul has been speaking this whole chapter about what it means to step into the family of God, the kingdom of God, how to walk in the spirit, how to not obey the lust of the flesh, how to become a child of God. And then we come down to this. It says, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. This is the Passion Translation. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads for, before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together 
to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time. There it is. Predestination. Predestination is not that God, everything is God's fault and he already chose if you're going to go to heaven or hell and he already chose if you're going to drink a Coke for dinner. No. That's not predestination. Some people believe that. That is false. Predestination is God already had a destiny prepared beforehand. For you to choose to walk in or not. Because the Bible says that God doesn't will that any perish. But everybody would come to repentance and everlasting life. Is there people perishing without Jesus? Yes. So is his will happening? Not fully. Because we have free will. So... When people say God already predestined everything, why do you even need to pray then? Why even, why do anything? It's already going to happen the way he already planned it. Everything happens for a reason. Yes and no. When we walk by purpose, everything works out for our good and according to his plan. I guess everything does happen for a reason. If we obey or disobey or if we choose to do this or do that. Sorry, I got to break this because I've literally heard people say, oh, well, my child got cancer because God predestined it. No. We live in a broken, fallen world. That's corrupted by sin. All sickness, all disease comes because of sin. All evil is sin. You know what makes hell so bad? Because it is absent of God and his presence. That's why it's utter darkness. That's why it's torment. That's why it's lonely. That's why it's depressing. That's why it's the worst place you could ever imagine because God is the only thing that's good and without him there is no life, there is no joy, there is no peace, there is no strength, there is nothing that is worth living for. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. When you get saved, God sees you as completely spotless, completely righteous, completely holy. You don't have to Try not to sin. Just focus on walking with him and becoming like him. And the sin will fall off. As you read his word, the Bible says, hide, I hide my word in his heart, in my heart. I hide his word in my heart so that I don't sin against him. 
as you read his word and you realize, oh, wow, I'm living in sin in this area. As you see him, as you encounter him, and he starts to highlight things, as you have people around you, the right people, who say, hey, that's sin. Hey, that was bogus what you just did. Well, I didn't know. That's, all, that's how I lived my, my whole life. But now that you realize it, you're like, wow, awesome. God has given me the power to not live like this anymore. See, now you have to try to sin. Because sin has lost its power and its grip over you. And now you're a slave to righteousness. You can't help but to be righteous. You say, I don't know, but what? <laughs> you seen dude down the street? <laughs> Pray for him. That doesn't mean that we just live however. But it means that we have the power to live like him. To become like him. To live righteously. People say, how do you stay clean from drugs and all that stuff? Just because I walk with him. I can't do it anymore. There's no appetite there. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to affect anything. I, I, don't, I don't want anything to affect the temple that he lives in, which is my body. What I have with him is so amazing so sweet. Why would I want anything? Plus all that stuff, the weed, the nicotine, the alcohol, all that stuff, it doesn't do anything for you but lie to you. And once you realize, wow, I've been being deceived this whole time. It's so easy to push it away. So easy. So easy. When you keep your eyes on him and when you keep walking with him. That was not part of my message, but it was now. Yes. I'm about to finish. Remember, you are royalty. You are royalty. You are part of the kingdom of God. You are a child of the king. Get around people that start to build you up in that royal mindset. In the kingdom mindset. No, you don't need to mess with that stuff. You're not a slave to sin anymore. No, you don't, know that, you don't need to hang out with those people. You're, you're part of the palace now. Love them. Pray for them. Tell them about, tell them about the kingdom. But we got, we got, you, you can't hang out with them too much. Because now you're part of a kingdom. Hey, let's figure out how we could serve. What's our assignment in the kingdom? What can we do to establish the kingdom? What can we do to build the house of God? What can we do? To establish his kingdom in the earth, in our city, in our jobs, in the people around us. Get around people 
who can see in the spirit and pull your destiny out. People who could see the gold in the dirt. It's easy to see the dirt. Anybody could point out the dirt. We got a lot of people prophesying the doom and gloom and this and that. The devil can prophesy that. But can you see the gold in people? Can you see the purpose, the destiny in people? That's why Paul said, I pray that all of you would prophesy. Because then you're able to see the gold, the purpose, the destiny in people. Say, Pastor, how do I find my calling and my assignment? First, you get born again. Then you walk in relationship with Jesus. Then you get into his word and allow it to transform the way you think. Then you become a disciple. You find out where God has called you to be. What family he's called, what church family he's called you to be in. You start to be under that pastor, that leader, so that they can disciple you into your purpose, into your destiny. And you allow them to influence your life and bring correction to the areas that need correction and bring encouragement when you need encouragement. You become part of the church and you serve. And you don't just come to get. What can I get from the service today? You come to worship the king and see how you can contribute to the household today. Let's stand to our feet. If you want to walk in your royal identity, I want you to pray with me. Mean it from your heart. Don't just pray it because your neighbor's praying it or you don't want to look. Pray it from your heart. It's you and God. Just say, Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins and so that I could become part of your royal family. Teach me how to walk in royalty. What my assignment is. Who I am called to be. And what I am called to do. Fill me with your spirit. And anoint me. For what you have called me to do. I thank you. Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. 
Amen. You may be seated. I have some homework for you. Read Ephesians chapter 1. Before I had you read a whole book, but today I'm just going to have you read a chapter. Ephesians is a powerful book that explains the function and operation of the kingdom of God in the church and in our lives. So read Ephesians chapter 1 and write down what it says your identity is in Christ. And what God has given you access to by grace and inheritance as part of his family. Ephesians chapter 1, write down what it says your identity is when you are in Christ and what God has given you access to by grace and inheritance as part of his family. And part three is share it with someone. Yes. And think about it from a kingdom mindset, from what you just learned. If you need to go back and rewatch the message on YouTube or Facebook, please rewatch it. Masmin Rose said you don't remember it. You don't you remember ninety-eight percent of something if you hear it seven times. <laughs> you only remember like a little over ten percent if you just hear it once. So ninety percent of my messages probably are not even being absorbed. <laughs> but rewatch, re-listen till it becomes life in you, till it becomes reality. Because we don't want to live a fantasy Christian life. We have to fake it. No, God don't want you to fake it. He wants you to faith it. He wants you to walk in real power and real authority. He wants you to walk like Jesus really walked. That's not a fantasy. That's not a story tale. That is the normal Christian life. We're going to take this time to give to our king. God bless you. In Genesis, Abraham, before he was Abraham, it says that Mel King Melchizedek came, and he was the king of Salem. King Melchizedek, I believe, was like Jesus coming in the Old Testament. And he came bringing bread and wine. And Abraham noticed that he was a king. He noticed something different about this king. And it's Abraham... then gave him a tithe of all, a tenth. And then the Lord said, the king said something powerful. He said, Abraham, possessor of heaven and earth. This is the Lord saying to Abraham, you're possessor of heaven and earth. When you operate according to God's kingdom, and when you sow your tithes and your offerings, You give God the possession 
of everything that you have so that he can bless it, so that he can multiply it. Remember, God only knows blessing. When you put it in his hands, when you put him in control, you are sentenced to a life of blessing. You are sentenced to a life of increase, to an inheritance. And to everything that heaven has to offer, you have access to it. When you give today, give with joy, give with faith, give with confidence knowing God is going to take care of everything that you have need of. Thank you for listening to the Love Revival Aurora podcast. If you'd like more information, follow us on our social media or visit us at loverevivalaurora.org.